Monday. It's August 3rd. And the word of the day is canopsia, which means the eerie, forlorn atmosphere of a place that's usually bustling with people, but is now abandoned and quiet. Used in a sentence. Everyone needs to get over the canopsia. It's fine. <laughs> We're taking a timeout on the entire verb to bustle right now. Stop <laughs> bustling. Yeah, it, it turns out you can still spread germs no matter how far up your ass your head is. <laughs> yeah, it's all about the breathing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Donald Trump will hold an election when he's good and damn ready, thank you. <laughs> Liberals make gun nuts look like pansies by turning back a fascist government with leaf blowers. And the Senate is worried that sending everyone a bootstrap is going to make us lazy about bootstrapping a bootstrap. <laughs> but first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight, our fellow skeptic rats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen, before we get into the headlines, just uh, give us an update. How's your state handling the pandemic lately? Uh, I want to go first. I would like to go Do first. You? <laughs> okay. So, you know that nice family from your hometown that had that one shitty kid who just destroyed their whole lives because he couldn't stop stealing ATVs or whatever? <laughs> That's New Jersey. Like, most of the time we're doing pretty good, but... Damn it, if Bobby isn't at the Jersey Shore having breathing my face contests again. Okay, uh, well, Bobby. we're a goddamn state full of fucking Bobbies, all right? Like, if, <laughs> if there was a heaven, Sherman would be looking down on Georgia right now feeling like he'd wasted his fucking matches. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you say there was a carnival coming to town? A goddamn circus in town right circus? now. Right, a circus show. Wait, you know, Stop bustling. What did we just Jesus say? Fucking Christ. <laughs> In our lead story tonight, the U.S. economy had the worst second quarter in pretty much forever. It saw the largest quarterly drop in GDP in recorded history. Now, those records go back to 1947 in this case. Uh, that's using direct records, of course. Economists Nathan S. Balk and Robert J. Gordon did a historical analysis that goes back to 1875, and it's also the worst quarter since then. Still the worst. Yeah. Great. So, worse than any single quarter of the Great Depression. And by, by the way, that's on top of a first quarter of the year that was already greater than any single quarter in the Great Recession. So we've literally got both of those things going on right now. Ha, ah, yeah. Welcome to the Great, Great Repression. Just <laughs> stuff those emotions down hard into that little box. You'll be fine. <laughs> Well, he made it. He made it great again. He really did. Uh, yep. Now, a, a quick note on the numbers because economists are intentionally fucking with us most of the time. And Heath, I'm sure you already knew this, but I didn't. Because um, I know when I started reading that the GDP had dropped by a 32.9 percent rate, I thought that meant that the GDP had dropped by 32.9 percent. But no, that's the annualized rate, which in this instance is not the right stat to use unless you think we're going to get additional pandemics in quarters three and four. So the actual number here, the, the, the percent of the economy shrank from April uh, through June is nine and a half percent, which is three times as bad as forever, ever. So like that's they should be plenty enough to terrify. Still really bad. Yes. Yeah. And are we just writing off that we might not get additional pandemics in quarter three and four? I'm not, I'm not sure I can say that, Noah. That yeah. seems... Why is 2020 passing its beer to itself? That, that yeah. feels like a bad sign. 
Of course, uh, some sectors of the economy are far worse off than others. Uh, clothing and footwear took a huge hit with so many people out of work or working from home. The, uh, the oil industry is basically in freefall with so few people traveling. Obviously, retail and restaurants are struggling. Amongst the scariest collapses, though, has been in healthcare. Great. So, like, with people canceling elective surgeries, which is how that entire industry stays in business, it's in free fall as well. As well. Right, the, the fucking inevitable paradox we created when we decided health was a commodity. So that industry is steadily laying people off in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And a lot of the people that they aren't laying off, they're transferring. So you hear stories of like nurses who have worked in maternity wards for 20 years showing up to work and being told like, hey, Deborah, you're an ICU nurse now. Yeah, that's what you are now. Yeah, and if that's not an elegant market solution for healthcare, <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. It's, Apparently, yeah, fuck off and can die, we just be literally. just? I want them to say inelegant from now on, at the very least. Can we just be honest about that one word? <laughs> and and look, there's been a lot of effort on the right to frame the debates about our coronavirus response as health versus the economy, as though that was the question. Right, you hear a lot of conservative voices pushing to reopen the economy quickly by saying stuff like, well, you know, a bad economy kills people just the same as viruses do. And, and that's true, but that's kind of like arguing whether the car should have a gas pedal or brakes. <laughs> right? Like, until it's safe to go out, most people aren't going to participate in the economy any more than they absolutely fucking have to. You can't fill up the cruise ships just by saying cruise ships are open again. So in this moment, bitching about how we need to focus on the economy is actually the worst thing you can do for the fucking economy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and speaking of feeling impotent as the world crashes down around you, it's time for a word from this week's first sponsor, Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I, you know what? I guess I just don't like sex anymore, now that I think about it. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses. Hold on, is the bed facing east? Because I just can't when the bed faces east. That's no good. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a healthcare professional who can prescribe real medications. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. Me? Oh, no, I'm fine. It's just that you are ugly now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Hold on, has it rained in the last two days? Because when it rains, big problem for me when it rains. Did it rain? Go to GetRoman.com slash Skepticrat today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Skepticrat. Oh, I wanna. It's just, when was the last Scarlett Johansson movie? ScarJo movie, yes. Obviously, that is the problem. GetRoman.com slash Skepticrat. And we're back. Next up in headlines, in Kane No Longer Able News... One-time Republican presidential candidate, former CEO of Godfather's Pizza and co-chair of Black Voices for Trump, Herman Cain, died of COVID-19 last week, Aww. leaving behind a wife, daughters, and the one remaining Black Voice for Trump. <laughs> okay. You think we should have a moment of silence for Herman Cain right here? 
so for our younger listeners, Kane rose to political <laughs> fame. I paused. I paused. Uh, Kane rose to political fame for his public confrontation of Bill Clinton about his health plan at a town hall in 1994. Then he explored a brief presidential run in 2011 where he introduced his infinitely stupid 999 tax plan. Yeah. And then promptly dropped out of the race because of credible sexual harassment allegations. Well, I mean, not standing a chance in hell also factored in. But yeah, the, the sexual <laughs> harassment stuff didn't help either. Yeah, so Dan Calabrese, the editor of HermanCain.com since 2012, wrote in a post earlier this month announcing the diagnosis that they, quote, have no idea, end quote, where Kane contracted the virus. Oh, really? No idea? Yeah, no, I, I actually, <laughs> Dan, I've got a hunch. I think maybe it was at Trump's maskless July 4th rally that Kane posted pictures of himself at and tweeted in support of, saying, quote, masks will not be mandatory for the event, which will be attended by President Trump. People are fed up, end quote. Uh, hashtag famous last word. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. It's like, give me liberty or give me... Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, nah, I shouldn't have given one. you the or. Yeah, so Dan, the man, actually thought we might say that. So he added to the statement, quote, I realize people will speculate about the Tulsa rally, but Herman did a lot of traveling this past week, including oh, to Arizona, Christ. where cases are spiking, end quote. So Ooh, which team is he making a point for? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's been endangering his life in a lot of places, not yeah. just at the Trump mm. rally. Okay, uh, Maybe he died uh, from a different pandemic rally in your face. <laughs> I, I think that their defense of him here is, well, you know, he's been traveling all over the country, masklessly sneezing all over the fucking place with COVID-19 for a significant period of that time. I, I are they trying to make us feel better about his death here or what? <laughs> it worked. Assuage our guilt. But but don't worry. Donald Trump paid him a touching tribute in the way I know <laughs> Herman Cain would have wanted at a press conference on Thursday saying, quote, he was a very special person and I got to know him very well. And unfortunately, he passed away from a thing called the China virus. And actual oh, quote. Jesus Oh, uh, no word yet on whether Marco Rubio will tweet a picture of him and Ben Carson in memoriam. <laughs> I'm thinking the word will be yes. And speaking of knowing things, let's toss things over to our next sponsor for this week, The Great Courses Plus. Hi, I'm Heath Enright. And I'm No Illusions, here to talk to you about The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus is a streaming service with thousands of lectures on almost any topic imaginable, from the depths of the ocean, to the history of Egypt, to the study of DNA. And new courses are added all the time. There's something there for everyone. And every course is presented by subject matter experts from top universities and institutions. You're getting in-depth, reliable, fact-based information. And you can watch or listen from your phone or TV with the Great Courses Plus app. It makes learning so easy and accessible. For example, right now, I'm really enjoying Cooking Across the Ages, part history course, part cooking lessons. It's a fascinating way to learn about the history of food with hands-on learning and recipes you can make at home. Now's the perfect time to sign up for The Great Courses Plus, and our listeners can check out any course or lecture for free today. That's free access to their entire library. Start your free trial at thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash skeptocrat. The Great Courses Plus. Learn something great. 
And we're back. Next up in headlines, Donald Trump is calling for November's election to be postponed because time out, I sprained my ankle. <laughs> Here's the tweet he sent out last week. Quote, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, um. with universal mail-in <laughs> voting, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Three uh, question oh. marks. Sorry, this just in. Mitch McConnell announces that the president was, in fact, on base. Yeah, well, no, that what that's the funniest thing about this, right? They went, the press went out looking for any single Republican that was willing to support him on that. And the closest anybody came was going like, oh, that Donald, he sure did get y'all. He got... <laughs> Very no, no, they'll actually kill us if we do that. We got, we got to ride that line. They will, they will kill us. Uh, I'd love to make a statement, but I have this mask. I have to wear this mask. All the time. <laughs> oh, I sprained my ankle. I can't answer your question. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, just nope, no, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. Can't do that. But it's embarrassing that I had to check on this. <laughs> like when I read it, I actually had to check in all of American history until. 2017 anyway, we'd all assume this was nothing more than satire. It's something Obama would have tweeted as a joke just to trigger all the Republicans who were convinced he was going to steal an extra term somehow. But this is Donald Trump, and this is 2020, and dogs and cats are living together. So I actually had to check if Donald Trump could somehow call a timeout on democracy because mm -hmm. the fucking sun was in his eyes. According to the Constitution, though, he cannot. And as I said that just now, my brain told me, boo, nerd, and I realized, you know, laws selectively don't count anymore. Sometimes. Yeah, right, but right. But in order to move the election, officially, both houses of Congress would have to approve it. Oh, yeah, cut to four months in the future when it turns out that actually one house can approve it, but then something, something, Supreme Court. Anyways, Trump excelsis day, but you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, go, but like, honestly, he's not trying to move the election. He's trying to distract from the economic numbers I talked about in the lead story. And to his credit, it worked. Yeah, it did work. <sighs> yeah, so assuming Trump doesn't show up in November with, with a a note from his mom about how he can't play being the reason. <laughs> and assuming there's not some magic loophole for that, it's super fun to watch Trump flailing around like an idiot right now, now that he finally internalized the fact that polls are showing Biden in the lead, especially when that flailing takes the form of a claim that mail-in voting would lead to foreign interference in our election. Donald fucking Trump is suggesting that we can't have an election that's influenced by hostile foreign powers. <laughs> also, there's zero evidence that mail-in ballots would cause a giant problem with voter fraud. Well, unless Trump manages to use them to move the election, in which case it would indirectly lead to fraud, but yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, so Trump has no official power to do this, but if it somehow comes to a vote in Congress, it's going to be super fun to watch the House hold a Molly-fueled rave that ends in just, no, that was a fun rave, no. <laughs> also, hopefully involving a barbershop quartet that they send to the Oval Office to sing the no jingle to Donald Trump, yeah, and then, right, right. then a second quartet to explain what no means, given the president's confusion about that throughout his That's life. That's a good point, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to assume. And in Would You Like a Tale for Those Legs news... Federal agents deployed to Portland, Oregon with the mission of quelling violence finally managed to accomplish that task last week when they got the fuck out of it. 
<laughs> or I, I don't know. They might go be violent elsewhere, but they like they moved the violence at the very least. So yeah, uh, integrating schools, the Civil War, and the Trump administration—the only things I can think of that involved negotiated withdrawals of federal forces from a U.S. fucking That's city. The list. Okay. Well, to be fair, how were they to know that the ruthless Antifa terrorists would use? Sorry, let me check my notes. Laser pointers. Socialist <laughs> photon cannons. <laughs> now, to be clear, the, the, the protest that instigated the deployment continues. Right? Thursday night, the night after they announced their withdrawal, protesters gathered at the federal courthouse once again. And what do you know? Once there aren't federal Gestapo agents firing tear gas and launching stun grenades and abducting innocent people, the protest went on with no major incident or intervention by the cops. Oh, we were so close to the second American Revolution starting in a free-range coffee shop that sells unpasteurized milk. So close. <laughs> okay, Eli's being a bigot. It's a nuttier flavor, Eli. You can <laughs> you can oh, really God. taste the smallpox. Don't yeah, be a okay, dick. Good, yeah, good. We're sure. kidding. Good. Glad to know it. Like um, it. We should also highlight the fact that this came on the same day that we learned from the Washington Post that the Department of Homeland Security was compiling intelligence reports on American journalists who were covering the protests and monitoring electronic communications between protesters just in case the badgeless goons abducting people at random wasn't fascist enough for everybody. Great. Yeah, just George Orwell laughing in his grave, <laughs> being like, well, they have a ministry of post truth that you got to admit <laughs> I kind of nailed it I'm going to yell at my editor because he was like eh, cut back on that <laughs> so to his credit as soon as the information came to light acting Homeland Security Secretary Chad Wolf put a stop to it announced an investigation uh, and uh, reassigned the dude who was doing it of course we don't know if that's because he just found out about it or because we just found out about it but I'm inclined to give him the benefit of the doubt because I've learned up to this point that in the Trump administration, it's best to always assume nobody has any fucking clue about anything. Safe bet. Yep. It's valid. And in they better do it news, every out of work actor, every struggling office worker, every retail worker and every recently fired employee everywhere can fuck themselves and die, according to the Senate this week. Yep. As the measly $600 in additional unemployment benefits expired at midnight on Saturday. And the Senate was out of town as that happened. Yep. Hey, U.S. Senate, Um, really hate to be a dick about it, but uh, we're going to need you to come in on Saturday <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what I hate the most about this is that Republicans have been selling this fucking lie that people aren't getting jobs because they you know would get an extra 43 bucks a month on unemployment the way it works out which is fucking ridiculous that's an argument that's only viable if you believe that those people would otherwise be starting companies that hire tens of thousands <laughs> of people there aren't fucking jobs there aren't like a whole bunch of jobs that nobody's taking or anything it's just that the fucking assholes of the gop cannot countenance poor people eating food nope can't stand it. And look, I got to admit, maybe I'm a starry-eyed optimist. I'm not. But I yeah, am surprised. You're a starry-eyed optimist. I thought there was no way the Senate would do this. I figured that there really? were too many human beings in that governmental body to callously destroy the lives of millions and millions of Americans over a failure to play political chess. Why? I'm not sure why I thought that. Right, yeah, yeah I don't, makes don't no have a fucking reason. Sense. Uh, but the point is, fuck me. Uh, and also, <laughs> Republicans and Democrats 
can't agree. You know, Democrats have proposed to extend the benefit until January and Republicans have proposed to drop the benefit to $200 until states implement a system that replaces roughly 70% of laid off workers wages. Cool. 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 We'll just uh, hang out and wait for your game of humanitarian reverse chicken to run its course. Cool. No hurry. Just whenever you get a chance. And to make this worse, the White House has claimed that they offered a short-term extension of the old structure, but the Democrats said no. But they're fucking liars, which Nancy (laughs) Pelosi had to go on television and point out saying, real quote, that isn't true. Let's set the record straight. They made no such offer. They made no such offer. Don't accept something as fact just because the White House said it and real. In fact, assume the opposite until you get confirmation would be the best bet. Good heuristic. Yeah. And just to be clear about this whole situation, the unemployment problem is going to work itself out in payroll with death is the Republican position right now. Mm -hmm. And and again, I cannot emphasize how little money this $600 is in comparison to the massive bailouts our government gave the airline industry and in dark money PPP loans to churches. The the idea that we can't afford to support millions of people through this crisis but have billions with a B to spend on Kenneth fucking Copeland isn't just evil, it's... Next American Revolution from that coffee shop worthy. It's it's <laughs> definitionally the point at which people should overthrow their government and start again. Or at least in the states where the senators think you'll be fine on 200 extra dollars a week until 2021. And finally tonight, we have another story about I bet now. It's good news, huh? Everybody get excited. So, thanks to a hearing held by the House Antitrust Subcommittee last week, we learned that Alexa, Siri, and Cortana are femme fatale super spies working for the Pentagon to sell us the most comfortable sweatpants ever created. And damn it, they're good. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Federal lawmakers had a teleconference meeting with four major tech CEOs, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, Sundar Pichai of Google, and Tim Cook of Apple. And the executives all got questioned about the oversized market share of their companies and also about the creepy amount of control they have over our personal privacy. Also, um, Republicans were there at this thing. <laughs> so we heard about how fact-checking is anti-Christian, anti-conservative persecution. <laughs> Which, uh, to be fair, it is. <laughs> well, it is, it is anti-Christian and anti-conservative. I don't yeah. know about persecution, but yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it couldn't have been... More blatant political theater if they fucking broke into a big dance number. But to be fair, it was good political theater. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the hearing actually went way better than the last few times that Congress tried to to learn about the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me how come my iPhone don't work. Yeah. Yeah. They very, very clearly remembered that. I swiped the sprinkly ball. But it didn't do the. <laughs> so the average age in U.S. Congress is about 60 years old, which means, again, it went super badly in the yeah. past when senior citizen Congress people tried to ask questions about the information superhighway they'd just learned about. <laughs> so they definitely had a meeting beforehand about this. 
And that meeting mostly consisted of David Cicilline, the chairman of the antitrust committee, being like, okay, okay, uh, this is why we had the meeting. I see a bunch of you are holding VCRs and remote controls. I'm going to need you to put those away. It's <laughs> none of that. We're just I didn't bring the clock. Always says noon. <laughs> no, shh, shh, just put them away. And then Jim Jordan was like, I have a sling box. And Cicely was like, get out, get out. God, you're the worst. Oh my God. You're not even really on the committee. Fuck. You're ex officio. Fuck you. So after a bunch of grumbling about the right TV channel, they agreed to focus on the non-VCR elements of the internet for this hearing. And there's actually a bit of good news in here, maybe, anyway. The hearing is really just an additional step in a big ongoing investigation into illegal monopolistic business practices by these companies. Which, to be fair, in 2020 is like found a life-extending amulet levels of good news, so... Yeah. Oh, well, dude, in 2020, the fucking... The vending machine accidentally dropping you an extra Reese's would be any other year's life extending yes. amulet of good news. That's I talk true. about that for years afterwards. If that <laughs> that's, that's my first story. Hey, Reese's thing. So here's a few highlights from the hearing, starting with the questions for Mr. Pichai from Google about Google's handling of our personal data. But Doc, I'm Pichai. What? What? Paiachi, it's the Paiachi joke. His name kind of looks like Paiachi written out. And <laughs> what's no, Paiachi? That joke is yeah. It's a Paiachi joke where a guy goes to the doctor and he's like, "Doc, I'm so depressed. I'm gonna kill myself. You got to tell me what to do." And the doctor's like, "Don't worry about it. The great clown Paiachi is in town, and you go see him in the show." You mean Paiachi? Yeah. The tragic clown. The Paiachi. Opera? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, I'm, I'm Pachai. Oh, obviously. Good joke, Eli. I'm Pachai. You get it? Bon Mo, sir. Bon Thank Mo. Thank you. <laughs> and Pagliacci's responses mostly focused on the company's recent effort to give everyone extra control of exactly how their information gets shared or not. And that's, uh, it's kind of true on the surface. Facebook actually made similar changes too, technically. Like, if you go into your privacy settings... They have a bunch of knobs you can move around to control some of your data. But first of all, if you're dealing with anyone over 50, it's going to take you about two hours to explain where the three little dots button is just to get into that <laughs> menu in the first place. Also, even if you do get there, you got to be a mastering engineer and professional DJ to get that EQ just right and make the privacy settings do something useful for you. And they definitely don't have, you know, a single knob that says... Please don't spy on me. Seems like they'd have that if they care that much about our privacy. Well, I mean, if they cared about our privacy, they'd probably be in a business that existed for some other purpose than harvesting and monetizing well, our personal information. There's, there's that, too. their yeah. whole business model. Yeah. I gotta say, Google's new slogan of stop being evil if they adjust the settings, it doesn't have the same <laughs> zing. I liked the old one. <laughs> All right, well, another fun moment was when somebody pointed out to Mr. Pichai that Google is in charge of 92% of internet searching. And Pichai was like, yeah, man, we we won the internet. Did, did you have a question or? <laughs> and they did not. So <laughs> Pichai fell back into the company talking points and mentioned all the competition they have in certain areas, like Amazon is competition to them or Bing is competition to them. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, all these old white congressmen were like, 
Oh yeah, actually that tracks on Bing. You know, I use Alta Vista exclusively on my Netscape, so they <laughs> they do have a lot of content. I, I asked Yahoo Answers where to get the pornography three years ago. Explain yourself, sir. Explain <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah, I guess in retrospect, we gave Google a word way too quickly. Right, like eight years from the company's founding to the Oxford English Dictionary, y'all, that was a fucking mistake. (laughs) All right, that brings us to my favorite part. So the Republican bloc of the committee was obviously angry about having to put away their VCRs, and they decided to use this very important hearing about antitrust laws and digital privacy to complain about how their anti-Semitic conservative meme got flagged on Facebook. (laughs) Right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't so when it was time to question Zuckerberg, they focused almost entirely on how conservative content is being censored or translated out of nonsense language. False things are being labeled false on the Internet yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Zuckerberg almost started laughing. He held it together, but just barely. You could see him come so close to being like, really? Really? You guys know that my thing literally won Donald Trump in an election. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, you know what? Let's go on Facebook and see if we can find some conservative content just to see who's mm. right about this. <laughs> Let me just check my wall really quick. And swastika. See, okay, this is what I'm talking about. What? Uh, swastika? My nephew said that that was a meme. <laughs> I'm trying to put a meme on the internet. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully the antitrust investigation and the examination of digital privacy leads to some progress. I'm not optimistic, but I'm hoping. And maybe one day, American conservatives will be allowed to have a voice on the internet. We'll have to wait and see. (laughs) A little more optimistic on the latter, yeah. (laughs) And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions, thanks to Eli Bosnick, and thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Liz, Amy, Dan, Steve, Mr. Ert, Jai, Jimmy, Robin, Keith, Bran, Patrick, and Dixie Normus. Dixie Normus, I didn't get it right away. Whose dicks and vaginas are so beautiful that I often wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath, and I get real high, and I scream at the top of my lungs, what's going on? Yeah, me too, man. With those dicks and vaginas, (laughs) and everything else. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy, and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing, let's compliment that penist, Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Eli Scream! So give me two seconds, I'm going to turn my fan off. I was going to say, at least while he's gone, we'll get some room noise, but I guess not. No. <laughs> Eli's going to speed skate over to the fan. <laughs> it's amazing. There wasn't a silent second in any of it. <laughs>
<laughs> Eli, Eli had the like big guy breathing moment of like, I bought the bracelet. <laughs> <sighs> How does quiet breathing go? <laughs> the preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.